You are listening to Conversations with Akila. Just a quick heads up. This episode was previously recorded on Slayer Weekend with Akila, so you may hear references from that show. However, it is still me. Bye-bye. Please be aware you are getting ready to listen to an episode that is intended for a mature audience only. There may be some topics that offend those who are not ready to hear it or who may be or may have been triggered in the past by certain topics. Please keep in mind, I am not here to offend or disrespect or upset any entity as my views and my opinions are my own. I will remain respectful as you can do the same. Thank you. Take up a lot of your time. Thank you so much. No worries. And I'm sorry about the delay. I literally just ran into the house now. Honestly speaking, I would have waited another hour for you. <laughs> let's, just, let's just call a spade a spade. I would have waited another hour for you. Oh, thank you. Because I am just floored by your work and what you've done. So before we um, continue, what do I call you? How do I pronounce it? Because I do not want to make any mistakes. Sure. So the full name is Nana Dakwa Sichema. Okay. Um, I would say just mention it in full once, and then you can just call me Nana, which is, you know, I okay. think the easiest for everybody to pronounce. Sorry, I'm just like unwrapping my head. Things, nobody can't see us just me <laughs> so it's yeah, fine yeah. <laughs> okay. nana dakoa sechiyama sechiyama i was saying sekiyama so no, sechiyama. yeah the ky is pronounced ch got it i love it i love it so i know you're tired of the questions of, tell me more about yourself and where did the inspiration of this book come from and all of those things like i know you're tired of that like i'm, I'm sure you are but unfortunately um i mean I've, of course you know i've read it so i i of course have gone through all of the chapters and everything of that nature but i like i'm a um certified life coach Ooh, amazing and before i get my clients the therapist i work under always sends me a write-up about them one mm. long drawn out write-up and every time i meet with one of them i say i'm sorry i want to hear it from you <laughs> my a lot of my interpretation a lot of my understanding comes from the verbal and the non-verbal interaction of when i finally see them so just because that was what she wrote down and how she interpreted what her impressions were of you, I'm the one doing the work. Of course. You. So I like to have it repeated. So please forgive me. Don't for worry. Having to reiterate those. I know you're like those interview questions, mm -hmm. but yes, please tell me a little bit about yourself, how we got to this point and I don't want to say what's next, so I want to get to that towards the end, but what got you to where we are today? Mm, mm. Okay, so who am I? I'm a Ghanaian woman, I'm a Pan-Africanist, I'm a feminist. Those are like all really important parts of my identity. Mm. I'm also a single mother to a two-year-old toddler. Yeah. Oh, 
I do have a baby. Yes. So the book is actually dedicated to Asantua and African women and girls, wherever they may be in the world. Mm -hmm. And in terms of how we got to where I am today, especially in terms of my interest around sex and sexuality, it really started from 2009 when my best friend Malaika and I started a blog called Adventures from the Bedrooms of African Women. Mm -hmm. And and in a nutshell, I went on this incredible girls beach trip, right? Mm. Where I was with other African women from like different parts of the continent. And it felt to me like it was the very first time where I was having open and frank conversations with other women about their desires, their fantasies, their experiences. And it was just such a eureka moment for me. It was also just before I turned 30, like we were actually on the trip. And part of what we were celebrating was my 30th birthday. So I just thought, why has it taken me until the age of 30 to feel like I can have this, this level of openness and frankness with other African women? And I had also started like a blog for the organization I was working with at the time. I was going to this meeting of bloggers every month in Accra where people were talking about their blogs. And I guess everybody had this like cool blog and my blog was like a corporate blog. And so people have been saying to me, why don't you start your own blog? And I was like, I have nothing to blog about. So I came back from the holiday and I was like, this is it. I now have something to blog about. I am going to start this blog about sex. And that's how Adventure started. And, you know, it started very much with me doing a lot of personal sharing. And then that was inspiring other women to message me, tell me their experiences. And I would say to them, do you want to publish your story on the blog? Eventually we would. And it felt to me like that was a real revolution, getting other women to share their own stories. And a couple of years down the line, I knew I wanted to do a book. I knew I wanted the book to be about sex. And then it occurred to me, you know, like actually what would be really, really cool would be to interview as many African women as possible and then write a book based on the experiences. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the natural version. And whilst you're about to ask the next question, I'm going to go to the fridge and grab some cream crackers. I haven't eaten today and I'm suddenly feeling extremely hungry. Oh, <laughs> keep it real because that's how we get down on this podcast. So that's fine. Like, what are you about to eat? Because let me tell you something. I've come in love with Shito. Oh. I am head over heels. I love Shito. <laughs> I am in love with that stuff. Like I'm ordering, if I ever tell you the amount of money I'm ordering it for off of Amazon, because I'm in America, I'm in New Jersey. <laughs> Where am I going to get it from? Yes. I, I can't get enough of that stuff. So right now I have an Etsy order mm. coming to me from some woman I've never met. I can only pray <laughs> it tastes good. And I love that stuff. And I see that in Ghana, you guys have the Papa Shito, the... Yes, yes, the green ones, the small green ones. I know you don't know me like that, but if you felt like shipping me a box, I would send you the shipping money. (laughs) I am obsessed with this stuff. And I'm like, I'm sure it tastes even better coming directly from Ghana. So what are you about to eat? Hook me up. Well, I'm hungry, so I'm just going to just grab something that's easy. I'm just doing like some Greek yogurt with some mango. Oh, you're eating and some And some granola. Oh, but I have my shit for later. Later on, I'll have like some jollof <laughs> and chicken and, you know. I yeah. love it. I yes. love it. I love it. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I just didn't get the chance to eat. And I, I, I want to be able to like, you know, thanks to you and not just be talking just because like I'm hungry. <laughs> no, no problem. Eat your food, take your time. 
the reason I got to page 13 in your book, this is the first, mm -hmm. the first page I highlighted in your book was on page 13. And I knew at that page, I said, no, I don't know who she is. I don't know where she's from. I don't really, I don't know. I don't know how busy she is. I, she's probably going to tell me no, but I am going to reach out to her and see if I can talk to her because I highlighted the first thing, companionship and sex. I believe this is where you were talking about, um, or on page 13, this is you, if I'm not mistaken, where you were talking about companionship and sex. And then ultimately what drove me to you to reach out to you was this last sentence in that paragraph. I think this is a question that black and African women need to ask themselves more often. What can I do to preserve myself and my children in a way that allows them to move to the next level? And for some reason, that hit home with me so much. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit and give you a little bit about myself. So I am a Christian. I grew up in a very fundamental traditionalist world. I am still very much a part of that world. You know, my church, women were not allowed to wear pants, still not allowed to wear pants you do not wear makeup you in church you can definitely not in church like you're not doing that our heads are covered um i didn't wear pants until i was 19. i you do not go to the movies you do not party you do not drink you do not smoke you definitely do not have sex before marriage at least not which which, which church is this i am an apostolic pentecostal okay okay yeah. i didn't know it was that strict very well. I'm I'm a Jamaican apostolic, so that makes it right. <laughs> Next level. That's <laughs> but you're not dealing with culture and religion, so that is an even deeper level. And I restarted this blog because I had been trying to find my footing too in the podcasting world and all that stuff. And I restarted this podcast. Sorry, um, taking a different approach. I wanted to take a more authentic approach in approaching womanhood and femininity not that i'm against anything else but i feel like there's been there's a lot of taboo topics that were not discussed in my demographic or with me growing up that i feel like it needs to be talked about and there's no time like the present so questions about sexuality politics things of that nature like i made this post about the whole abortion thing and it's it's all over the place now i was shocked by that you know what i mean because Coming from my world, what I said is blasphemy. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I am not supposed to be having those open opinions like that, but I do. And I'm still very much spiritual. I'm in church every Sunday. I'm hoarse because I was leading praise and worship yesterday. You know, like, I am I'm married to a minister. Like, I am still very much a part of that world, but I'm also a woman and a grown woman at that. I'm no longer a child. I'm no longer a girl. I am a woman and I want to approach my womanhood from an adult standpoint. So I had the privilege of interviewing Beverly Jenkins. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she's another novelist, um, Rome, historical romance. And she, some of the tenants in her book discussed um, women in pleasure. And there are women, like she'll write her characters from the standpoint of where sex is wrong, but they really enjoy it. And that intrigued me because I was like, hold on. So this issue of women, black women and all of that stuff and pleasure is not a my generation thing. It's not a my mother's generation thing. It's not my grandmother's generation thing. We going back five, six generations of women 
especially in the post-colonial era, having issues with their human right to pleasure. And we had a very good discussion on that and where all of her information came from. So girlfriend, when I came across your book, when I came uh, across your book, I said, oh no, even if she give me 10 minutes, we have to discuss this. So I'm gonna stay in my vein of discuss because there's so much we could discuss because I feel like with you, the this book is more political than anything, in my opinion, because it discusses women from all parts of the region and how their sexuality has to be stifled or they can't talk about it. That, those are political um, issues. But I said, you know what? I don't want to bother her. So let me stick along the lines of, um, of my Black women in pleasure and let's take it from that standpoint. Maybe we could have a political discussion in the future, but I mm -hmm. want to, if it's your, if you're up for it, but yeah, I, totally. yes, but I definitely want to stick along the lines of black women and pleasure. So I'll start with myself. Mm. My husband is the first man I've ever slept with. He is the only man I've ever slept with. I have no clue what it is to have sex with another human being, period. I know nothing about that. So my idea of pleasure is only wrapped up and what I've experienced with him sexually. So I was very intrigued by the women in the book, <laughs> girl, girl, who we're talking about. They're polyamorous thing. And it kind of made me feel uncomfortable because I'm like, is that something that we could consider? You know, like, is that something I could think about? And I had to sit with that discomfort. And that really made me feel good. I, I'm telling you, your book kept me going. I literally had to stop myself from me because I'm not going to finish this book in a, in a day. I'm not doing that. Like, I really need to slow down and finish this book. But the women in the book who were married and having relationships that their husbands or their partners, because it wasn't just heterosexual women, that their partners knew about, like the woman who talked about the vacation sex, floored. I was floored and she didn't want to be out there having sex, but she knew her partner needed it. The other woman, um, she was married. She had the disabled child. Was it the disabled? Yes. The Helen Banda. Yes. So her, yes. her, the last baby was a, um, um, mentally challenged, I believe it was kid and how she had met up with the army man in the hotel and all this other stuff. And she wasn't sure if her, his wife knew about it. I mean, I was like, <sighs> Why, 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 why is this, this can't be over. Like she gotta give me more. But it really caused me to confront some ideals that I had in myself and even some judgments. And I like that because people do not realize how judgmental they are. Not all judgmental is malicious. A lot of people think judgments are malicious. Not all of them are. Some of them just come out of lack of understanding in your book cause me to understand better. So that's what I want to talk to you about. How has your idea of black women and the idea of pleasure shifted for, okay, let's say from 2009 until now? That is such a great question. And, and I mean, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Like I really appreciate you reaching out. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you sharing how this book both challenged you mm -hmm. and like, yeah, 
and like a sort of reflection that it sounds like you've done and you're doing. I think like that's really incredible and it warms my heart to hear it. So firstly, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so your question was, how has this book challenged me? And what was the second aspect? How has, it sh how has your views on Black women in pleasure shifted? Now, before you answer mm. that question, have you ever interviewed Caucasian women or women who are not from the diaspora? No, I was very clear that I actually didn't want to include any okay. Black women in this book. Um, I remember my UK publisher asking me, would I consider interviewing white Africans? Mm. And I said, no. Mm. you know and she's like would I consider interviewing Asian Africans and I'm like mm, I could interview a brown person you yeah. know so there's actually one woman I interviewed who's of, who's of Southeast Asian heritage yes. mm -hmm. you know um but from South Africa but I was very clear I was just like no I want to write a book about African women mm -hmm. and yeah I have no space for white women even if they were born on the continent have lived here for years I I did not want that at all but in terms of how my own views have shifted oh um yeah how much sorry i feel like i i answered i speak to something else and then i forget the question because the question was around how has my views shifted yes yes and how, how my views shifted yes yeah how my own views have shifted i feel like i was also challenged in the process of writing this book right so for example there's a woman called i, I called her elizabeth in the book from nigeria and has scottish heritage and she's mm -hmm. a woman who lives with a disability right and she was telling me about that moment when she has to figure out when do i disclose that i use a wheelchair and i thought oh shit! how come i have never dated anybody who has any sort of physical or visible disability like that has just never even occurred to me right mm -hmm. and i'm a feminist actor this i like to think yeah i'm this woke conscious person mm. and then i was like wow you know like somehow i've never been attracted to somebody who uses a wheelchair or somebody who has like an obvious physical disability what does this say about me it was pointing out my own ableism right um and then for instance when i interviewed waris waris is a woman who experienced fgm as a child she was telling me as, about a pleasurable sexual experience that she'd had and my mind was blown because I had just assumed that if you'd experienced FGM, there was no way you could experience pleasurable sex. Mm. And so I had to find a way of asking her because this was like, my mind was just like, what, what, what? How can you be talking about this amazing orgasm you had? You know? And so I found a way to kind of ask her about that. And she was like, Nana, remember the catch is expensive and it travels all the way up her body. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that. I wasn't thinking about that, right? Because like, even as somebody who's been writing about sex and thinking about sex for a really long time, I was really thinking of the clitoris as what we see on the outside. I wasn't thinking about all the internal organs of the clitoris. And the fact that even a woman who had experienced FGM could still experience pleasure in her own body. Mm. And so I feel like this is what some of the conversations did to me. It held up a mirror to me. It showed me my own blind spots, my own biases, my own assumptions. Um, yeah. You know, it's unfortunate because I, there was one of the stories in here where the woman was talking about, oh my God, what is her name? When she was talking about like how she grew up in France and she didn't really see mm, because of yes. black love yes. um, on the television. And she didn't, she had to go out and explore that on her own. Like her friend had told her she was a racist because she didn't want to date black men. 
and she was a dark skinned French woman and how, you know, she said, well, on TV, I never saw it. I think a lot of people view us black women, women from the diaspora, Afro-Caribbean women as myself, as unable to experience pleasure. Like that is what's coming into my head whenever I think of black women and pleasure. It's almost like that's something that's not reserved for us. And I don't know, even in myself, I'm talking about, you were talking about the challenges and the confrontations. I don't know where that, that idea comes from. Is it from the colonial issue? Like, you know, we were not viewed as pure and, you know, sexy. I did a podcast the other day, an episode, one by myself, where I talked about the idea of how slaves in this country were referred to as Jezebels. No matter how old they were, that, that was something they were referred to. And unfortunately, that ideology has continued on until now. And I find it very eye-opening that when we talk about wanting to be pleasured as women or whatever our pleasures are, because we're not just talking about sex here, right? When we're talking about Black women and pleasure, we're talking about a range of things. The Black joy, the Black magic, the Black girl experience, you know, all of those things. It is such an anomaly when people hear it. Like, I laugh. Yes, I do. I know how to have a good time. Yes, I know what my body can do for me. It's weird to hear those things. And what blows me even more is that we don't have our four women having those open conversations with us. Because Beverly Jenkins herself had pointed out to me, because let me tell you something, her, there ain't, her sex scenes in her books were steamy. This woman is 71 years old. Okay, let me, let me tell you that. And she published her first book in her 40s. She, yeah, I'm trying to say, like, her sex scenes are amazing. So I, I had to ask her, girlfriend, where are you? Miss Ma'am, where do you know about all of that? She said, my husband, really? Real, it, really? Because to hear, to even, to even have a black woman talk about sex, automatically the word whore, tramp, slut, all types of things come out, no? I acknowledge my sexuality and I honor it. Now, with me saying that, how do you feel about those terms? Whore and someone who's had multiple sex sexual partners and blah, 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 blah. Like what the, especially after experiencing what, how many women are in here? 20? Well, 32, including myself. Okay, so 32. So after experiencing these broad range of women, the abstinent woman, I really loved her. I think she's towards the end. I yeah. really liked her story because when yeah. she rang her doorbell, she was like, uh-uh. <laughs> I could see, don't you dare open that door. In the, and she's talking about how the guy is tiptoeing on eggshells around her because she yeah. so has her guard up. But again, okay, I'm sorry. I'm talking too much. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, how do I think of terms like whore and terms yeah. like Jezebel? I feel like these are terms that society deploys like a weapon. Hmm. And all society yeah. is trying to do is to control women and to control women's sexuality, to control women's desires and say, you're going to be this terrible person if you take joy in your body, if you enjoy mm. sex, if you choose to have sex with, when you want to have sex, if you don't stick by the rules, if you don't play by the rules that we've given you, right? And we know what those rules are. Mm -hmm. Those rules are you can only have sex after you're married with a man. And of course, it assumes that, you know, that relationship is going to be a heterosexual relationship and really 
it also assumes that sex is mainly going to be for procreation. Mm. You know, and so I feel like, yeah, the choice of words like whore and Jezebel are strategic. From what I understand of how, like you were saying about the term Jezebel being used to describe Black women, especially during, I mean, still today, but let's say historically, during the time of slavery, it was to justify white men's rape of Black mm. women. If somebody is a Jezebel, then you haven't really raped the person, right? You can say to yourself, in a sense, you're giving them what they want, so you're just, it's their nature anyway. Uh, and so I feel like in that time, it was being used to justify rape, you know, being used to justify misogyny. And today it's, it's still very much being used in those same way, in those same ways. So I kind of have a reaction to, and I still have a reaction to black men and musicians who use words like bitch, you know, mm -hmm. I know people sometimes want to destigmatize a word. I think it's an extremely hard thing to do. Um, I also completely understand like black women who would use the term bitch as like a term of endearment between them and their girlfriends. <laughs> I mean, I definitely went through my phase in like sixth form college where I used words like that because I thought it was a cool thing to do. And in Ghana, we used to watch lots of like videos and we felt like, oh, this is what you say when you're cool, but it's not something I would choose to do now. Yeah, because I feel like it has a particular history and it's important, it's, oh, it's impossible to strip like the words of the original history. Yeah, and the violence that's followed <clears throat> it. Did everyone make it to the book? <laughs> only one person did it only one person didn't make it to the book yeah i know people are always surprised people feel like i interviewed like hundreds of people and then i chose my top 30 no these incredible stories are all around us seriously um maybe the kind of person who agrees to do an interview like this or or to be featured in the book like this is already somebody who i guess may have an interesting story i don't think so i feel like actually when you sit down and you have conversations with people about sex if they are really going to truly open up to you, you'd be surprised what you hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The one person who didn't make it to the book, it's only because there wasn't a lot of sex in the story that she told me. And I was also like at the end of my process and, you know, ready to wrap up the book. So I didn't want to go back and do a second interview, which is what I had done sometimes with previous people. There's some people you need to interview multiple times to really get a story. Okay. Okay. All right. That is, that is really good to know. Cause I was reading it. Like, I wonder what didn't make the book. And if it didn't make the book, <laughs> why didn't it make the book? Because <laughs> this is some heavy stuff. And mm. I mean, but believe it or not, extremely relatable. And even though I cannot relate to many of the sexual situations, I do know what it's like to want to be authentically you mm -hmm. and feel judged by that. And, mm -hmm. and, and your sexual preference and your, and the, your sexuality is such a, an embedded, ingrained thing in you that, mm -hmm. um, to, to have to hide those aspects of yourself. I'm sure it must've been very, very difficult. Like, again, I keep thinking about the woman with her husband and the whole swinging party and mm. all of that stuff. I said, I know if she turned to one of her girlfriends and was like, you know, I'm sleeping with an mm. army sergeant tomorrow, they would probably drag her from here to there. Like, <laughs> sister, what? You doing yeah. what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's your friend. Mm, and those mm. are your people so mm -hmm. these things are so intimately theirs it's not just sexually theirs it's intimately theirs and they have to be careful of who they tell mm -hmm. and how they tell it so for you to be able to get them to open up about it i think that was just 
me, I'm a conversationalist. I love talking to people. I love learning more about people. Like if this, if it wasn't for this book, me and you would be talking about something else. Cause I wanna <laughs> know what you did yesterday. Girl, where were you coming yeah. from? I'm talking about you gonna have a connection. Like, where were you coming from? Or, <laughs> you know, like I'm that type of person. So for you to be able to have them open up the way they did is great. Now, you know, did you do any follow-ups? <laughs> yes. My yes, there, there are lots of people I'm still in touch with. Like, in Ooh. fact, Maureen, who is the woman from France, she sent me a message. I'm in Ghana. Do you have time to meet up? Unfortunately, I'm traveling tomorrow, so I don't. Mm -hmm. Nua from Kenya, I'm still in touch with. There are lots of people I'm still in touch with. Yeah. Do they tell you more about themselves as it goes on? I mean, Nura, I know what the update is, but I don't want to share because I want no, people to. I like, don't want to know. I, I know. Be, I don't want to know nothing. I want to be able to read it too. Please don't yes. tell me nothing. <laughs> Please don't. But I'm like, do they still talk? I mean, I, I think I, I saw an interview with you where you were talking about a lot of them were pleased to see how they were yes. represented yes. in the book. So that is what you did was a blessing. Yeah. Honestly, it it opened up the pathway for a conversation, mm. and I wish more people were just open for the conversation. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. is what is important. I don't feel as if we have to agree. I don't. True, true. I agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah, I don't feel as if we have to agree. I don't even a lot of things that I advocate for. I have never done and probably never will do. Mm. But I honor the choice in you. Yes. I honor. Yes freedom in you remember i lived a very closed life mm -hmm. i did there's a lot of experiences i didn't have and i'm 12 years into marriage and i'm happily mm -hmm. married i'm happily mm -hmm. married by the way <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of things yes a yes. lot of things i am not gonna be able to experience mm -hmm. but i would want another woman who was in her 30s like me or her 20s mm -hmm. i was in my 20s when i got married you know i would want another woman from the diaspora who is or who is afro-caribbean or even african-american or women in general to say you know what this makes me feel good i'm gonna honor that yes yes yeah. there's so much we are so stifled in so many ways and mm -hmm. believe it or not even in a marriage mm -hmm. there are some women like a lot of the women not a lot but i did read some stories where the women were like i didn't know how to relate this sexually mm. i didn't know how to say that hurt or I didn't like mm -hmm. that sexually. There was there were some stories in there and I'm like, this is with your partner. Mm -hmm. And you're unable to have that conversation, the conversation mm -hmm. about it. And I'm like, no, that has to change. So I'm like, if I gotta yeah. take the lashing, if I gotta take the whips for being a woman, <laughs> I'll be yeah. there. But I want them to know. I also had the um, privilege of interviewing Candace Benbow. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She wrote Red Lip Theology. No, I haven't. You would probably enjoy her book. It was oh, cool. really good. She wrote it. She wrote about sexual, many things, but there's a sexuality Christianity component in there. Mm. I think you, I think that would be an interest, um, interesting book for you to read as well. Can you put the link in the, can you put her name in the chat so I can look her up? Absolutely. Definitely, definitely will. I think that would be a good conversation for you to have with her. Thank you. Because I was reading all of this around the same time mm. and I could see the connections. Mm -hmm. She opened up, an, she's another door opener about sexuality right. from a religious standpoint, because there are many people feel as if because you believe in Jesus or you baptize in Jesus name, or you talk in tongues. Oh, people. I've heard about this red lip theology. Yes. Yeah. I think okay. you would enjoy that book. Okay. Um, 
people feel as if because you are religious or spiritual, you're still not physical. Of course, yeah. But when you're dealing with when you're dealing with a woman who comes from a highly regulated place, and she has a high sex drive, because see, that's the conversation people don't want to have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she has a high sex drive. Mm-hmm. What do you do about that? Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's the conversation that people don't want to have. Yeah. Because in a sense, and, and as much as we are advanced as a country and as a world, mm-hmm. sex is still very <laughs> shame. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Nasty. Shame. Even if you're not religious. Mm-hmm. Some people is like, oh, you slept with five guys this week? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I yep. did. <laughs> I did. You know, and it's yeah. like, can we have a conversation about that? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh, in your acknowledgments, you talked about how your father supported you, but he didn't read it. Yes. Did you get? He didn't because also, unfortunately, he passed due to COVID. So, oh, no. yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so no, sorry. No, it's fine. It's completely fine because I, I, I do talk about him. Yeah. I, am, I apologize and my condolences to you. And Thank you. Family. Thank you. But you have nothing to apologize for. That's Breaking COVID. Condolences. We lost yeah. a lot of people in my life too from COVID. I know. Really, it's horrible. It's a yeah. terrible thing. I'm over it and I'm over the mask too. Yes. Please from the mask, please. <laughs> <laughs> but I am vaccinated. Let me just put that Yes. Right yes. Here. Yes. It's but, important. Um, that made me chuckle because again, there are people who are willing mm-hmm. to have the conversation, but dare you put it out there that we did. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's still such a hush hush. But if I was to talk to you about what I ate, when we talk about what you ate this morning, because you were hungry, mm-hmm. oh, there's no big deal in that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you had the urge to have sex and you ignored and mm-hmm. you honored that, why is that a big deal? As That's long as it's question. safe, yes. As yeah. long as it's safe, as long as people are consenting. Exactly. Well, thank you for the disclaimers in the book, guys. She made disclaimers on every chapter <laughs> that was gonna issue that was gonna have what sexual assault. Child yeah. rape. Thank you for that. Because there was one chapter I couldn't read. Mm, which one was this? I don't know. It was one. <sighs> was, it, was it by me? Was it Miriam's story by any chance? Let me see. Because I'm sure I highlighted it. Let me find yeah. my chapter. There was one where I was just like, Mm-mm, I'm not going to be able. I believe it was in the second part. Mm. I'm not going to be able to read 214. Let's see. I said, nope, I'm not going to be able to read this one. It was a little bit, it was too Mm -hmm. much for me with the childhood. Um, Yes, it was. Mm, Yeah, that was a tough one. Oof, that was, I, I, Mm -hmm. uh, mm -mm. yeah, I couldn't read that one. That was a little bit. I understand. That was hard for me, sorry. Yeah. No, you have nothing to apologize for. I'm, I mean, that's the point of the trigger warnings, right? So that, yeah, that was that was tough. Yeah. That was tough. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I just want to. I'm giving you a virtual hug right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, you have nothing to apologize for. It shows how important this issue is to you. It's it's really tough, and I think for me that was like one of the hardest things that I had to hear over and over again. The number of girls who were sexually abused as children. Mm-hmm. And we don't actually protect children when we don't talk to them about sex. Somehow people feel like that's the way to protect the child. It endangers children even more. You, you, know? have, you have to let them know if it mm-hmm. if it feels wrong to you, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with saying that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. But especially our little girls, they are yeah. the little boys are molested as well. Um, but unfortunately, it happens more to our little girls. And I have a daughter myself. I think that's probably why it triggers 
-hmm. because you know you can't be everywhere as a parent no you can't it's impossible you can only do the best that you can yeah you can yeah. and i'm like i'm gonna have to leave my kids someday i'm gonna have to go to the store i'm gonna have to go mm -hmm. you know i'm busy i'm doing all of these things and you just pray uh, that mm. that doesn't happen to them because i'm telling you people feel like even in a religious standpoint as you know i, I got to that part mm -hmm. where you feel like okay that person's a so-and-so they wouldn't do that to my child you don't know mm. that you have no idea you don't know that because there yeah. is still a lot of perversity in sexuality and see mm -hmm. that needs to be discussed true sexual appetite is not perverse per being perverse is perverse exactly yes yeah. and i feel like people feel as if if you have a high sex drive or if you're into certain things like let me get back to the joyful stuff when we're talking about the, kids, <laughs> the kids and the bdsm and all of that stuff like oh that's perverted no i don't think that's perverted yeah, yeah. i don't think that's perversion i think that's just how that's your mm -hmm. thing exactly yeah, and then Fifty Shades of Grey came out, and mm -hmm. it, did you read Fifty Shades of Grey? I did. Yes, I read Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> and then it just blew the lid off of everything. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? So I definitely was like, okay, this is a conversation that needs to be continued, and I greatly appreciate you doing it. So, uh, is there a part two? Ha ha ha! There wasn't a part two of this same book. Okay. Yes, my next book is also going to be about sex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, would you discuss, would you include a male purple, I mean, um, cis male yes. proponent in the book? Because they're think, transgendered. I don't, I don't think I will. I don't think I will. Yeah, I prefer to focus on women, you know? Yeah, now, I prefer I'll, to focus on women. Now, see, I want to be in the book. But <laughs> I do. I want to be in the book, but child, my name going to have to be Cloud or something. Or something. Of course. It's fine. <laughs> if it's if Akilah, and I'm, if I am many, I am for a lot, the only Akilah that Akilah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No, if my name was Stacy, I wouldn't care. <laughs> Tammy, I wouldn't care. But you would have to name me like Tree or something. <laughs> no way you could put my name in there. But Akilah's I would. a unique name. I would love to be um, interviewed for this book because this is, you immortalize something. Mm. Mm. I have I have a whole slew of book on women and sexuality. If you go in my mm -hmm. bedroom, if you go downstairs, I was an English major in college. I graduated okay. with a degree. So I had to take women's studies and things of that nature. So I'm always intrigued by the idea of women and how they've been censored or marginalized mm -hmm. or minimalized or you know i'm always intrigued by that and sex mm -hmm. has always been something that I, or women in sex or that idea has always been something that i've kept on my bookshelf but you know mm -hmm. a primary the primarily type of authors they are are white mm -hmm. i want to say yeah. possibly like for an anthology style book mm -hmm. you're possibly the first one that I have. And I got a ton of books. I'm in Barnes and Noble yes. every week. Yeah. So I you're probably the first one. And honestly, Ooh. that because you know Bell Hooks did some some types of talk. I'm yes. Bell yes. Hooks. Oh um, yes, yes. I'm a huge Bell Hooks fan. Okay, she did honestly I have all of all about love stays on my desk. Ooh. This is one book that stays right here because I cannot Ooh. finish it. Because Ooh. it was um and anytime anyone asks me why I couldn't finish her book. I said she spoke to parts of me I didn't want to discuss. Oh wow, that's deep. And it was too much for me to read her mm. all at once. Mm. So all about love in particularly, I'm 
still, uh, maybe after two years, I am still getting through mm. that, um, that book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for why I was able to not read your, like stop reading your book, right? Because remember mm-hmm. I said that I'm, I'm unable to stop reading this is because everyone in here, a part of me is in them. Mm-hmm. There's something in every story. As you can see, I even cried mm-hmm. over the Miriam story. There is something in even your own story I can relate yeah. to. Yeah. That I could relate to. And it's not that I couldn't relate to all about love. It was just too much. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's too deep for me. But honestly, the sex lives of African women is probably like one of the first of this style that mm. I've come across. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this will forever be for me. I sing it loud and far, read it. Oh, thank I you. tell everybody I come across. <laughs> you read any good books lately? <laughs> because if you haven't, I suggest I tell my clients. Oh, thank you. I don't know if I should be doing that, but I do. Yes. I have that conversation with them about yeah. this book because mm. I do feel like you started something conversation mm. Mm. Thank in you. this day and time, mm-hmm. in this day and age where people, I know it's about the sex lives of African women, but believe it or not, I feel like all women. Of course. Yeah. Oh, totally. Without a doubt. Could yeah. relate to this. And when I say all women, I'm talking about from every walk of life too. I am a Christian Mm -hmm. down home. We run Mm -hmm. around the church. We clap our hands. Mm -hmm. We get the white sheet out because your clothes is all over the place. We talk in Mm -hmm. tongues. We stomp our feet and I could relate. Mm -hmm. So I do feel like what you did was groundbreaking. And I want to say thank you officially um, to you face to face in a way um, for doing this because it was something I needed. It helped, it helped my year. It helped some, it helped give a feeling to the things I was experiencing. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It helped mm-hmm. give a body to it. Cause you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you have thoughts out there floating, floating, floating. And you mm-hmm. think you're the only one. Of course. And you're like, hold up. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <clearly. Very> nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I am not the only one thinking this. Okay. Yes. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. So you said you were off to your traveling. Where? What's going on? What's next? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to Berlin for a festival on feminisms. Berlin, and then I'm, Germany. Germany. Yeah, Berlin, Germany. And then I'm going to go to Brussels in Belgium for okay. a writer's festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then whilst I'm in Brussels, I'm going to pop over to Amsterdam to visit a friend. Yeah. You do? So, I think there's someone from Amsterdam in the book. Um, Amsterdam, no, but Berlin. No. There's somebody whose story, yes, takes yes. place in Berlin. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, before we go, you want to yes. know the story. This is going to make you laugh. Like all of that. I remember most, I, clearly, I remember most of them. Yes. The story with the Arab woman. Ah. Uh, um, you know, decided to get married yes. as the third wife. I was, I yes. felt her pain. Yeah. Like, yeah. how is she, have you heard from her? Like, is she all right? Has things gotten better? <laughs> Got it? Okay, no problem. We can talk offline. But I just want to know, like. <laughs> Cause I felt her pain. Mm-mm. Like when she talked about how she was over the stove. Yes. Cooking and they didn't eat yes. her food. They didn't eat that I food. know. They didn't eat that food. And you see when it was my turn to be with my husband. <laughs> before we laid down and do anything. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> my food about you don't want to get involved. Yes, you are. Thank you very much. They eat my food. 
And yeah. I appreciate that. Next time they don't eat it, you don't eat neither. <laughs> okay. So yeah. I, I definitely felt her pain. And I was just like, I want yeah. her. Like, girl, they treating you better. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure a lot of, do you get that a lot? People say, how is so-and-so doing? Actually, I don't think I've had anybody ask me how so-and-so is doing. People have wanted to know if I'm still in touch with the woman. My bad. But nobody's like, no, no. So I think it's really cool that you're asking. But nobody's really asked, though, how's this person doing? Yeah. I'm, I'm a coach. by That's what oh, I, yes, I just time. So by trade, I'm like, well, yes. I would have told her to do such and such. Yes. I would have gave her advice on this. And yes. so naturally, that's just how I assimilate with people. Yes. What they're yes. going through. It makes sense. It makes <laughs> sense. But um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for taking time out of your clearly very busy day. So are you in the process of writing the second book now? I'm about to start. I've got my, my what they call a book proposal. I've got my book proposal already. It's been sent to my publishers. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they give me a deal and mm-hmm. then I start oh, working. They will. They yeah, will. thank you, darling. I'm thank sure you'll you so get much. And this one, <laughs> the second one won't be the only one either. I can see like three or four just along these lines <laughs> alone. You'll get your deal. I'm positive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you. Thank you for spreading the word. It really, really means a lot to me. Of course, everywhere I go. I really, I don't care if you don't want to read it, but I'm going to tell you about it. <laughs> like, you should definitely read this book. Uh, guys, everyone should read it. And you know, yes. it could be in relationships, a good book to read in relationships. Mm-hmm. True. No, I have a couple who told me how they read it as a couple, and I really love it. Like, they were literally reading stories to each other, and I think that's amazing. I could see, yeah. I could see where this could help a lot of people mm-hmm. i mean if you're gonna go into committed companionship with someone mm-hmm. there is a certain level of transparency that has to be yes. to, i feel to have an authentic relationship yes yes and sex and, sex and sexuality and all of those things are a part yes. of how you identify absolutely it is a part of that authenticity so this yes. book could definitely start the conversation yes about things that they were feeling and going through yeah, so absolutely. I, it, could, it could be a good segue. Like, you know, how yes. have this chapter about <laughs> polyamorous um, mm-hmm. relationships. How do you feel about that? Just in case. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Just in yeah. case there's a, there's a window here, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I wish you all. You are in my prayers. Oh. I pray that God blesses your book and puts it everywhere, 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 everywhere. Amen. And when I see you on Oprah's couch, I'm going to say, look, I talked to her. <laughs> Listen to my podcast. I spoke to her. Okay. <laughs> and I am just honored that you gave me a little snippet of your day. Um, I can't wait to see what you do next. Yes. I'll be all over it. And maybe I'll have to invite you back on to discuss that one too. Sorry. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. And we need to have that political conversation too. We do. Absolutely. I didn't even want to mention the abortion word because if we did that, that's a three hour (laughs) and you got life. Okay. And I don't (laughs) do that. All right. So you go on, enjoy the rest of your day. Smile when you remember this podcast. Okay. And um, say travels. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for oh, your Oh, and my Shito. You need mm-hmm. my address so I can get it? Because I need my Papa Shito. I need it. I don't know. Let me, let me, I don't even know how I'll get that to you, but let me figure, let me, let me, let me figure that out first before I even <laughs> ask for your address. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm not, but I'm which, kidding. No, which states do you live in? Which states do you live in? I live in New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. All right. 
I live in yeah. Turkey. Maybe ah. one like one of my friends comes to Ghana, like and is going back to the States, something like that. Yeah. I will I drive and meet them wherever they are. I love Shito. Uh, so I will drive and meet them wherever they are, I promise. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank All right, you. And have darling. a wonderful day. You too. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're All welcome. Right? You're Alrighty. welcome. Lots of love. Bye-bye. You just finished listening to Conversations with Akila, where I have a lot to say. Okay? Please be sure to tune in every Friday where you can have a conversation with yours truly. We'll be talking about any and everything. Nothing is off the table. Please remember to share this and like it and comment everywhere podcasts are heard. We are on Apple, we are on Spotify, you name it. Your like, your comment, your share will help this podcast grow, grow, grow. I appreciate you. Thank you.